Hello, welcome to 25 Cents, our video game podcast. I am Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode, we'll be making the rounds to our four corners, console, PC, Apple, and tabletop, with a focus on games that are great to play if you've got kids. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.network. Missed it. It's not a good start when it's when we miss that cue. I don't have confidence for this show now. Uh, our, our our timing our timing is all off. I'm I'm podcasting from a different space on a different computer. Yeah, you mixed uh, it up. We're big just time. setting ourselves we're setting ourselves up for uh, for for great success here. Yeah. <laughs> so starting off in console corner, uh, obviously both of our sets of kids are back in school. So do we have a little more time to play games? Have you been playing anything or? Yeah, they have. Well, they have been for sure. And we're um, navigating that whole like return to the screen and the, the associated addictions ah, yes. that follow. Right. And so definitely the Fortnite drug has hit, uh, hit hard. <laughs> and then we actually, it was good because we had school and then a break, long weekend break, which we went up to the family cabin to do all the taking the dock out and winterizing and stuff that we do up here. Sure. Uh, and so it was kind of a forced break. But then my nephew brought along his PlayStation. And so then they were playing you know, when cousins are around and grandparents are around, you kind of just let the rules relax a little bit, at least at this age. Anyways, I know when they were two and it was like sleep time, we still held held firm, held our ground. But uh, with, yeah, now it's just kind of like, where are the kids? Oh, they're playing video games. Oh, it's beautiful out. Then there's a lake and there's a boat, <laughs> but they're playing video games, I guess. That's what we're going to do. So yeah, lots of Fortnite, a lot of Brawlhalla is another game that I haven't played it yet, but they, the, the oh, cousins not- love that apparently so not familiar with that one yeah i think it's another free to play one that's uh you know in the Fortnite model of get rich by selling things skins in the game and stuff like that so how about you what what have you done on the console lately uh so i i did i did go back to hades for the first time since i think january and i don't know why i had set it down for so long i guess you know there were enough uh, apple arcade releases keeping me busy and maybe just a little bit reduced uh game time um, but yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still the really fun game. I remember, um, you know, where I was in the progression, I'd done something like 50 runs. And so, you know, the, the various power-ups are getting, making everything a little bit easier. So I was finally able to beat like the, the third major boss with two of the weapons, uh, in the game that I hadn't gotten past before, which unlocks some additional stuff. Um, still haven't cleared the game yet but you know i'll keep i'll keep going back to that one i um, I, I just forgot that i thought you say that I, I actually played hades for the first time thanks for maybe that was your like subtle cue to remind my brain to actually read the, the document that we wrote together but <laughs> it's like hello i'm not awake yet but yeah it was uh and I actually i managed to hook up my xbox to the computer and streamed it out to youtube just for fun to try it out and it was, it was you join your you were watching for a bit kyle was watching for a bit um and i really enjoyed the game unfortunately our game pass subscription expired two days after that so i, I got into ah. it and then ha- i've had to stop and we're not conf- like we basically got some sort of one dollar deal for like six months i don't know how we did it but um nothing illegal but uh, <laughs> somehow we worked that but um so now it's kind of like the decision of doing this uh, subscribing again and really like i said fortnite and other free-to-play games have kind of taken over and so not really that interested in picking up again although if i had the time i would love like it's great for just grabbing a game just like you do with netflix or whatever where you can just grab any game and or most any game and play it and not have to worry about deciding whether it's worth buying or whatever and so 
Um, but I, yeah, I really enjoyed the game. It was lots of fun. Definitely has the like the comedic elements to it without, and but still like hack and slash and lots of mm-hmm. demon killing, monster killing, weird weapon using kind of fun. So I'll definitely go back. Yeah, to it I, as I've said on the show before, it's it's a it's a great one, and I'm I'm uh, I think I'm going to kind of slowly work my way through going getting back into it and and actually trying to at least complete the game. I don't know about like maxing out all of the unlocks, but at least get through the full story. Did I see on here that you you played Fortnite for the first time? I Is that I, true? I did. Uh, so so technically that that would be I guess PC corner, but right. uh, in terms of platform, uh, I tried it um, just a couple of rounds. I am so confused, Chris. I <laughs> I need to watch some videos <laughs> or something. I so there's this intro, you know, there's an intro video to the season. Uh, I guess it's season seven or eight. Invasion. There's aliens. I'm like a purple alien because I got some default battle pass unlock skin. <laughs> I I understand the general concept of the game, right? Which is that the area, yeah, there's a hundred people, you're killing each other, the area gets smaller and smaller, at least in the default mode. Yeah. I did not um I did not try like creative or or the other stuff. Um I think the first time I played, I wandered into an area and met an NPC who just instigated me, doctor something. And so I was out like in 93rd place uh, or something <laughs> random because I just I walked into the wrong area, did not know what was going on. Uh, but I think the third round I played, I managed to get second, uh, mostly by uh, arming up and hiding in cabins uh, in as the storm uh, closed in until it was just uh, I, I had like two or three actual encounters with other players. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure I'm in the bottom most matchmaking tier, which probably helped. I think the trickiest thing, so I was doing PC with controller and I think I did not have the sensitivity set quite right. And, and I was always a mouse look player when I was playing shooters uh, heavily, um, you know, in like high school. Um, so yeah, I, I was definitely not, not very good at it. I'm sure maybe there's some, uh, Maybe I'm in some clips on some some teams TikTok <laughs> yeah. or something about how terrible I was jumping around and aiming. Um, yeah, I mean, I I can see I really see the appeal of the game, especially for kids. And what struck me in just the short uh, short play session I did yesterday was um, it feels like more of a game platform than a game, mm. right? So it's like it's a brand, and there's all this stuff going on in there. There's tournaments, there's seasons, there's, you know, creative mode, there's other other gameplay modes. Um, and you can really see how Epic has built a money-making engine of, of uh, some renown. Um, you know, you, there's just so, there's so much to do. And in some ways, in that regard, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, how big MMOs like World of Warcraft were, you know, let's say 10 years ago when, when everyone was trying to chase uh, Blizzard's success with WoW, um, yeah. and and so like every branded IP was trying to roll out an MMO, and most of them got you know no traction, um, or, you know, or some of them have they they're they've shifted to free to play model, or or they've stuck around. But yeah, I mean Fortnite, uh, it seems like the kind of game you could get really sucked into. Yeah, and it's, I was I don't confused. Know, <laughs> I don't know when you may have like they just updated if maybe season seven, whatever the latest one is. Yeah, I think they like completely revamped the menu system too to like really highlight a lot of the custom creative mode games that people can make. And so it made it's actually made it even more confusing as far as how to just play the game because the the traditional uh drop in on the island, you know, uh what's that what is that mode called? The 
um, anyway, that default mode, whatever that y'all sort of associate with Fortnite is almost like secondary now to all the, like my kids too. They, they love playing all these custom creative mode games that people have made mm-hmm. way more that actually make it much more like it's just deathmatch, like quake or whatever, but in you know the Fortnite world, obviously, um, where it's just, you just respawn in a very small world and you keep going around and around in that same place and grabbing a bunch of weapons. And it's just like mass chaos kind of thing, shooting just constantly. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, the, it, it, that's funny. Actually, we'll have to like try, I, th- I know Kyle has played it. I forget who else within the good stuff circles of, uh, has played it. We can do like a squad thing sometime where we're all doing terribly together. One thing I heard, I just read actually this morning that kind of makes sense to me is someone, a quote someone said about, about Fortnite and related games is once you start losing like initial, like the initial gameplay, when you, when you sort of start winning first and then you lose really badly, that's how you know you've switched from uh, AI players to real human players (laughs) is that Ah. you start losing. And so like they've definitely built it. It didn't always used to be this way, but they've definitely built in some AI training games, I think for people who are brand new to take so that it goes easy on them to draw them into the game a little better rather than just like getting, you know, stomped on right off the bat. And so I have a feeling that's kind of what's going on sometimes too. And, and even when you die still those, like sometimes the bots are probably just kind of <laughs> enjoying beating up right. a human, but um, yeah, it's. Yeah. I think, I think one of the times I was, there was definitely like, I went into some like facility or something and there was like what appeared to be an AI guard that just, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't have a weapon yet, so I, I died very early in yeah. that round. Yeah, um, there is um there's definitely bots that are bots, but then even the other players you're playing against, I think are AI controlled in some of the gameplays just to like either fill out a game or help noobs sort of get f- familiar with the and I have some success anyways. <laughs> is the theory anyways. They haven't outright said it, I don't think, but Yeah, so. some something to get you into the the free to play uh uh treadmill. Yeah. Um yeah. the other thing that, that struck me was like so I guess there's there's music unlocks that will play when you drop into the the kind of bus loading area at the start of a round so you like hear other people's snippets of their of their songs and the one i had available with like the first couple of um uh i guess battle pass coins whatever they are currency (laughs) the different layers of currency uh was was some ska because there's like this ska punk character <laughs> who's part of the season who like believes that aliens are real i don't know it, yeah. anyway, it, like just getting the little samples of of the great thing i think the, the thing that struck me compared to when i was playing shooters regularly and again mostly land games uh or or like local uh console multiplayer like goldeneye on the 64 or halo on the xbox is um it did not feel like an it would not be easy to memorize the configuration of the island the way you can learn like where every single pickup is on a particular deathmatch level. And some of that's just right. The scale you can do a game uh, these days compared to 20 years ago. Yeah. Although my kids, when I play with them watching me, they have a pretty good idea where stuff are or is. Okay. Uh, And so I think it's, there's more to it, but it definitely feels like to me, it feels more random, but I'm not playing it every day for an hour. (laughs) So Right. Um, I think the, yeah, there is some, something to be said for, there's usually a loot box or whatever, you know, in certain spots and it it might spit out different things, but you're not getting, yeah. So you're not getting the same like machine gun every time you go there. Um, And there's some randomization as far as for sure, like, you know, weapons get 
increasingly more powerful the closer you get to the, towards the end game as well um i think anyways that's my interesting assumption anyway so but yeah i find it like just a fun game like running around you have the odd encounter the i haven't bought any i haven't given them any money um my kids i think have put in collectively between the two of them that play it 50 bucks i think if i you know, over the years in terms of battle passes and skins mm-hmm. they bought or whatever so in terms of like entertainment value for your money, we're doing pretty good. If that was a, the only basis for a video games, you know, worth obviously, um, which as a cheap Canadian, it, it definitely factors in pretty big. But <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like even like looking at a new console. My my son was like, you know, getting drawn into like the new Xbox console idea, and I was like, what are you going to use it for? Probably Fortnite. I was like, well what doesn't our current for we have <laughs> Fortnite at home yeah like i it's not hard to imagine epic coming out with like steam like similar to steam like just like a Fortnite box and that's all it's just a Fortnite box like and it's hard to imagine it's going to last that long that they would do that but like seriously for the last over the last three years if we could have paid 250 dollars for a, a cutting edge whatever it was at the time you know console that all it did would play Fortnite, my kids would have been fine with that actually and it's right. kind of weird in that like even when I think about building a PC or whatever, it's like I could pay twelve hundred dollars to build a decent PC or buy a used Xbox, and that's going to play most of the games. I don't know. Anyways, this is a bit of divergence. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the long term trajectory is for Epic because obviously they they've been established, but Fortnite is you know a massive hit uh, and and culturally outside of the game beyond just uh, what they the, what money they make in the game itself. And you know, you, you mentioned Valve and Steam, right? Like obviously Valve was originally known for Half-Life and yeah. had a very successful series of games. And then, you know, Counter-Strike was a dominant multiplayer game for a while. Um, but they leveraged that into the Steam store and that's their primary business. Like, I mean, they do, they do still make games. They do, ha- they do these weird hardware experiments, right? Like the, the Steam, um, uh, hardware we've talked about the controller and, and the new yeah. the new mobile console and stuff um and epic has a store uh that you can get stuff on uh yeah it, it'll be interesting to see what happens once once Fortnite is seen as the game played by like boring college <laughs> students or whatever right or in boomers. a few years yeah or boomers <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's, it's so millennials. it's so boring now yeah <laughs> um yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see what that what that trajectory is, and and you know certainly I've I've seen that with with other games I've played, or or even like I mentioned, you know World World of Warcraft being um, you know the dominant MMO for so long, and and obviously still going strong, but not um, not the uh, the center of uh, that aspect that that type of game uh, yeah. like it once was. Yeah. Um, Speaking of World of Warcraft, you had a Diablo two, the Blizzard tie-in, I guess there, but Diablo, yeah, Diablo two yeah. remastered. Yeah, so Diablo 2 Remastered, uh, there's a review by Holly Green, who's a games journalist I've followed for a long time on Twitter. Um, and and she really dived into, you know, like the 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 conversation we've been having about Blizzard and and you know, kind of can you can you ethically consume a game being made by a company that you know, treats its employees the way Blizzard apparently does. Um uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a good read. There's a lot of stuff in there. Um, it's not really a review about the game itself. It's more about the, um, the environment it's, it's coming out in. Um, yeah. I, I played a little bit of Diablo two, uh, way back, um, played more Diablo three, I think, uh, of various Blizzard games and, and, you know, to the, the money point you were making about Fortnite. I mean, I, 
the amount of money I put into World of Warcraft and then later even a little bit Hearthstone is is probably pretty embarrassing compared <laughs> to just buying games in boxes. Um, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting read and, and I would definitely, uh, for more context on sort of the the, the broader conversation around where where blizzard is is headed in the uh as as it's perceived in the gaming community and the game industry is is pretty interesting yeah um the the remake i'm more much more excited about is the mist remake just came out uh i think last week on basically all platforms um and this is a unlike some of the other mist re-releases or the uh real mist like early 3d one that came out uh, as a remake at some point and I forget when that was um, this is a ground up rebuild uh, of the entire game all the puzzles so it's not implemented in hypercard anymore <laughs> um, and it has full uh, VR support which is also interesting because yeah, that's one of those you know almost meditative puzzle games that that I think would do really well in in VR yeah that's that's I never actually played the did you you play the game like all the way through you think? Yeah, as a, as a kid, I, yeah. I played the the original CD-ROM, and then I I had um, I played CD-ROM. Riven, which came on five CDs that you had to oh. keep swapping out as you moved between different areas of the world. Um, and then uh, yeah, Mist Three Exile, Mist Four. I think I even tr- briefly tried the Mist MMO that they tried to to build that lasted for for a short time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, M- Mist uh, Mist hit hit my my sweet spot in terms of like puzzles and uh language i mean i was like studying denis and i read some of the tie-in novels i was i was pretty into it in in the 90s Uh, it was (laughs) and and you know that was also an era where um it was a game for mac right like that was it was almost unusual uh cyan was a was a a mac uh, centric studio there for a while yeah so is it a game that like on two i guess two questions involved like the puzzles would be the same as before right or is it a, is it did they update the puzzle? like would you be able to just run through the game now quickly or how does that um in your understanding my un, my understanding is it's it's the same game uh and the last said puzzles i'm not aware of any additional stuff um the uh the thing that would be different, right, is like for a lot of the puzzles, you have to collect information from one part of the world. So like you would know how to do that if you remember, but you still right. have to go and get like a particular number or a particular word from somewhere else to to know the sequence to do on some other puzzle. So you you can't just like walk up to a thing and punch in a code and be done. Right. Um, you, you, and and I think the the point would be to to explore the world, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping this has some success because then it means they might do the same thing for like Riven, which was a great story. Um, I haven't heard yet how they did the acting because the original game had tiny tiny postage stamp sized videos of real people um, delivering like the characters' lines as you as you read and interacted with them. So I'll be curious how that, that shapes up. I haven't looked at that yet. Yeah. And I, and the other question was like, as far as kids, um, is it something you'd be like cool playing as a family or is it more, is it too difficult in your memory of it? (laughs) Yeah. The, the, it's definitely more of like a preteen level of, of puzzle or, or, you know, you, you'd be helping out a a younger kid, uh, for sure. Um, you know, unless you can kind of like show them how to take notes. Um, my son has played the iPad port a tiny bit. And I think he kind of just like walking around and looking at it because it looked cool, even though it's the, the, in that case, that's the original 
you know, graphics just kind of wrapped up in a, in an, in an iPad app. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, um, and that, I see it's also like, like you said, it's multi-platform. So it gives like Xbox steam <laughs> VR, like you said, uh, and then the Mac too still, which is pretty incredible as far as just modern game development. You just don't see it that often anymore, um, on all platforms like that as at launch, especially. So cool yeah check that out so um, and then just like the idea of like remakes in general they just get to keep making money off this original thing like it's just crazy because it's like you know my kids and even people in their 20s or whatever like young the generation prior to mine and yours or whatever as far as like who've maybe skipped the game never played it or the remake that they made right. earlier was like it's too sucky they didn't try it now they get to really have this hype and they hear a bunch of old people talking about <laughs> this game that was so amazing and maybe they try it and like yeah, just the, the gift that keeps on giving of money. <laughs> yeah, and I think we were talking about it uh, last episode or, or, or a recent episode about like the upcoming um, Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster, right? Like, like you know, it's a game that existed at a particular point in time. You could play it, and it got ported a few places, sometimes poorly, and then um, you know there were maybe some re-releases where they they like updated the graphics even and people didn't really love them or or you know those didn't do as well but now they're saying like okay this is this is like we're going to go back in that case they're going back to the original and making it look almost as exactly as it did but on all modern platforms yeah and then in this one they're saying we're just going to rebuild it from the ground up but use the same you know story and and uh and elements that everyone loved from before um and yeah, so I'll be curious if if will will it get traction? Will it, is it primarily a nostalgia play, or will it get traction with new players? Yeah. And I think that's something you know we don't know. And but yeah, I mean, if you have if you have IP that was successful, you um, you generally want to keep on <laughs> keep on using it, right? It kind of begs the question of like in thirty years, what the Fortnite remake would look like? Because like what, <laughs> what variation, which yeah. per- version of the game would they? Re- yeah. Anyway, we don't have to worry about that until episode 6,000 and whatever of the podcast. So yes. let's uh, hop in the car over to uh, Apple Corner. <laughs> Our Foghorn Corner. Yeah. Uh, just, um, just breaking news actually while we're talking is that Apple's announced a, a September event on uh, September 14th for likely a new iPhone, some sort of AR based iPhone-y stuff. So, Oh, cool. Sure. I hadn't Anybody seen that yet. This was probably heard about that already by the time you listen to this when it comes out later this week. But at any rate, it's just so it's mentioned and we'll have discussions about that, I'm sure, in the future and how it affects gaming on Apple. So what's, yeah, we'll what's, see if there's some uh, arcade-related announcements at yeah, that event. <laughs> exactly. This is the year for Apple Arcade, except it might yeah, be announced that they are uh, ditching it or they just don't even mention it at all. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, anyways, on to the games. <laughs> Yes. Um, so several new releases have come out in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks. I've, I've tried a bunch of them. Uh, nothing terribly sticky. Um, so, uh, but before we get into the games, I think you had you had posted an article um, called "The Surprise Chain," uh, kind of about Apple when they were mm. like constantly delighting with their events. And you know, for this upcoming event, like we know what's coming, right? It's the next version of iOS, and it's a new iPhone, and the new iPhone is going to be better in a lot of individual ways, but it's going to be the same, you know, colorful glass slate with a really good camera. Like it's yeah. not, it's not going to be anything better than that. Now, I mean, I'm planning to upgrade myself because I'm, I'm on a three-year-old one and the batteries are going and, you know, a new camera will be nice for, for family stuff and, and whatnot. But 
um, that was an interesting read kind of about how many things uh, they were releasing and how many different product lines just boom, 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 constantly new and novel uh, stuff coming out uh, in the in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, it was a crazy time of like uh, the development that I was working. I was actually working at it, the University Computer Store locally here. And um, it just felt like every six months we had something new we had to learn, like going to Apple mm. training even, like finally mm-hmm. like a pro. Like they were teaching everybody everything at the time, like video editing and then also new airport, like wireless things. And then... Um, iTunes, et cetera, like just all the different stuff that was coming out that they were iterating on. And at the time, like when I look back, it feels like that was a a long period of time. But then looking at what Dave Rupert here uh, put together, this like quick chart of the history of it all, like from 2003 back to 98, so like five years total in, that he sort of chunked together. Um, and just the amount of stuff they did is incredible compared to what you see, at least publicly what they announce uh, these days, even though the scale these days is even just insane as far as how many right. things they're putting out, units of iPhones, et cetera. But um, yeah, you just don't see that kind of development. And and, uh, and it isn't as exciting to be an Apple nerd as it used to be, I, I think, but maybe that's just nostalgia talking to, like we were talking about with Mist and stuff. Like, it's hard to know. I, yeah. I, I think some of it is probably nostalgia, you know, like that, that era was, you know, I was in high school and college. So I was following the news closely as a, as a fairly long time Mac user, but did not have the kind of uh, disposable income to upgrade. You know, <laughs> I had one new computer in that period, my, my laptop for school and yeah, I was doing the software upgrades, but I wasn't, wasn't buying an X server or anything like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think some of it is probably the feeling that there was an Apple club that because it was like a smaller and you, especially when Apple was the, the, you know, the nearly bankrupt company in the nineties, yeah. right. It developed this culture and, and you see, you know, Apple bloggers like Gruber and, and Syracuse to talk about this, um, that there was kind of this, uh, almost, um, yeah, like victim mentality or, or, or feeling of, of being downtrodden, right? Like you, yeah. you had secret knowledge that Macs were better than everything else, but no one knew and no one recognized it. And now Apple's the richest company on, on the planet and they sell, millions of iPhones, uh, for, for thousands of dollars every, every single year. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah. it's different. Yeah. The club is, you're not even like, it's not like you're having arguments with your parents or your coworker about iPhone or Apple software versus windows or whatever. It's just kind of like, that's all been leveled out and who cares really. <laughs> and there's the odd, like snarky windows phone comment or whatever that, or Android or whatever device that might happen amongst people, but everybody, even it's for the better, I think have realized the devices themselves aren't really that important and fighting over them is not that mm-hmm. interesting. It's more about what you can do with them and the detrimental effect they're having on society as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of all unified in, a, in like kind of disgust, I think in, in ways that you, you know, you just weren't back then because the scale wasn't nearly as large when you put out iMovie, which felt like at the time was like this. And it is like a groundbreaking this is going to change the movie industry kind of feeling. And you look at like the long-term play of that, like the movie makers of now, the Taika Waititi's and whoever, like the movies they started on were probably on an iMovie based, you know, system or whatever, where they were getting to fiddle around with actually making movies really easily mm-hmm. on their laptop. And then you, that kind of freed them up to do other things and figure out other stuff in terms of making good movies. Um, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't really the scale that we have now of a new, new device that, kind of changes how we function as a society the same way. (laughs) 
Yeah, and so. I, I think that's why you know the, there's always the the rumors in the lead up to the events when they were a little less predictable got really wild, and now it's you know I think it's why you have people being like oh here, you know the Apple Watch was like the last new thing is kind of what's perceived, right? Yeah. And I mean the I find the M1 transition the to Apple Silicon fascinating for several levels, like just from a computer architecture perspective, but also all of the other uh, aspects to it. But I think for most people, that's not. It, it makes your computer faster, but it's not that interesting. Yeah, um, it's like technical mumbo jumbo with it. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're getting dangerously into tech <laughs> podcast territory here. So, so I should, I should jump to some of the, the Apple arcade, uh, releases that, that I've tried. Have you, have you tried any of the new ones? No, I'm looking through your list and I didn't have a chance to try any of these. So let's, yeah, let, let's do a quick rundown of them and we can, I'll throw some sure. stuff up on the screen. We can. Um, so Dodonpachi Resurrection HD plus. So plus tells you this is an old game, um, that is being re-released. Um, and I had never heard of this one before. Um, the original iOS release was already a port of an existing game. And this is uh, a shmup shoot 'em up or bullet hell game where, um, you know, you're just constantly, um, uh, shooting at incoming aliens. Um, I played a fair bit of Raiden DX on arcade at the mm. local laser tag place. Uh, <laughs> and that was, that was my kind of introduction to this, this genre. And then there were a couple of like, um, shareware games that, that were, were like this, that I've, I've played that, that I've had fun uh, with over the years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very weird. Uh, I didn't, there's kind of a story, there's like time travel and then the final boss spaceships all turn into like robot women <laughs> in like Japanese school uniforms. It's, I just don't know. I don't understand what, what's going on. And it, it it's one of those games where you're basically just like holding fire and trying to dodge stuff. It's okay. Uh, yeah. if you like that type of game, it's, it's a classic, uh, one like that, um, but I, I don't think that's I've I've already deleted off my phone. I don't think it's one I'm going to stick stick with. Uh, it's also one that you know the on screen controls are definitely not the way to play. Uh, you 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 can play, but it would be it would probably be better with a controller, which I did not try. Yeah, I remember playing those in the arcade even, but way back and like spitting some quarters into them or whatever and um, fun. But yeah, not especially modern day. Like I think that's where it's nostalgia. It's kind of fun to try, but. Um, comparison with I, I, my kids i can't imagine sticking with something like that for very long just like the, the level of chaos of just bullets flying everywhere like i guess now yeah. that i say that loud that's kind of what they're doing in fortnite but <laughs> i digress <laughs> a, a little bit uh i i would let's see on the on the the old man confusion scale for me i i think fortnite <laughs> was still more confusing than yeah. this one because this was at least a recognizable gameplay type yeah even if the story was weird um so Master Chef Let's Cook. So this is obviously a tie-in with the Master Chef reality show uh, uh, series or set of series, I guess. Um, my son seems to be enjoying this a lot. It's it's kind of like that one little kid farming game we talked about several episodes ago. Mm-hmm. But you know, you you basically there's there's a challenge. You're supposed to prepare a recipe. You have to swipe and cut and slice and combine things carefully on the screen with the touch controls, and then you present it to the judges. As you play, you can unlock more recipes, unlock outfits for your character. Um, there's like daily challenges. I did not see any multiplayer it seems like you're just playing against you're just being ranked against computer competitors um but i may just not have been able to figure out right because i was trying to figure out if there was a way like my son and i could play against each other where we're both competing on the same recipe or something like that right um but 
Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like this is a, this would be a really good one for, for younger kids. Um, you know, you're just, you're just messing with food. Uh, definitely a more touch centric, um, one. I did not try it, uh, on TVOS. Yeah, it is on all four. So unlike the previous game, which is only iPhone, iPad. So it's Mac, iPhone, iPad, Apple TV as well, which makes sense for a big tie-in, I guess, that you'd hope that they'll mm-hmm. be able to get a few more eyeballs on this one just with the, the branding opportunities there, I guess. So um, is it difficult to play? Like, is it, were you getting frustrated um, with I it think that, no, no. I think that the first time I played through, I was a little confused by like exactly how you were supposed to slice or drop things as you're assembling um, ingredients. But the the on-screen prompts are pretty clear. Um, so no, I, I I think it's a pretty pretty easy to play. Um, you're kind of relaxing, and definitely unlike some of the other free-to-play cooking games I've seen where like you're running a restaurant and the orders are coming in faster and faster and faster, yeah. and they're they're trying to stress you out so that you pay real money to like unlock, you know, timers or reset your score or whatever. So, you know, this, this feels much more chill than, than games like that, that I've seen. Right. Yeah. I was thinking like, even like overcooked, which is designed to be fun, but also more intense and couch co-op kind of mode where you're shouting at each other to go get the tomato or whatever, or someone grab the (laughs) chop up the lettuce and stuff. Yeah. And and I I like overcooked, but it's definitely not a chill game. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah, it, it, our family has descended into fights a few times over <laughs> yeah, wrong orders being placed. So much like when we go to a real restaurant. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> Zen Pinball Party was the next one. Yeah, so so Zen Studios has uh, kind of been the dominant in software pinball tables for a while. Um, you know, they even get licenses from the real pinball manufacturers like Bally and others uh, to recreate their tables uh, virtually. And this game uh, is a set of 12 t- tables. A couple of them have media tie-ins. So there's like Kung Fu Panda. I tried the My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic one, uh, since my son used to watch that show a lot when he was a little younger. Um, there's monthly tournaments where you have a couple of daily entries to try and beat the highest score, uh, on each table. It's very much the, the same thing as the other, um, individual Zen, uh, iOS pinball games that I've tried, um, out of star Wars one. Uh, and I have the one star Wars one for switch actually that has a ton of tables in it. Um, in terms of touch controls, pretty straightforward. I mean, you're basically just tapping the right or left sides of the screen to, to do the flippers. Um, it's it's pretty fun. I, I think I'll kind of you know this is one I'll slowly drop back into time from time to time. Um, I like I always liked physical pinball and I I liked uh, virtual pinball going back to the old um, uh, Crystal Caliburn uh, on Mac for sh- uh, Mac Shareware. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I think this is a this is a is a fun one if you like pinball. Uh, if you don't like pinball, probably not that fun for you. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the design the, the visuals of the game look really good like it looks really well made as as their other games are um and so the one note i guess i'm just thinking of for my kids even recommending it to them is that it's a 3.3 gigabyte game and so understandably given all that's going on graphic wise but um my i know my daughter uh, like an older device i think probably won't even play on maybe but even uh the iPhone seven i think we have for one of the kids with a 16 gig is that even, maybe that's not the right one anyways taking up a lot of space um that yeah will then crash the device that, that's <laughs> a good point because it, it is very much a um you know the 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 realistic models of the tables are probably where it where it gets pretty large and yeah. and it's not like uh other 3d games where it's like oh well you just recolor the one monster over and over again so 
it doesn't actually take up much game data. This is every table is completely photorealistically modeled. Uh, yeah. So it, it, it adds up fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's Baldo? Is that, I think I remember reading about this one. Yeah. So, so Baldo, um, if, oh, if yeah. I were to describe it, it's, it's, uh, Zelda, Zelda through a, the lens of Miyazaki, right? So mm. the style is very reminiscent of some of the, um, the art style is very reminiscent of some of the Miyazaki um, films, and the gameplay is seems to be more like a, a a classic Zelda. You know, you you find out that you are um, part of the line of ancient heroes or whatever. You have to go get your first sword and and discover the power. In this case, of the owls or the owl guardians, and the owl guardians have disappeared from the world, and so bad stuff is starting to happen. So you need to go maybe help find them. Um, so we played this on, uh, TVOS with the controller. Um, mm. and yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I didn't, didn't play too far. I don't think it was super interesting to my son. I think this like story wise, um, didn't, maybe didn't click for him yet, but, um, you know, it's this really beautiful, you know, kind of, um, agrarian RPG cell shaded world. Um, so definitely the kind of, a uh, larger story game that I, I think I'll slowly play through. Um, haven't really gotten into the action of it yet. Uh, I was just kind of exploring the hometown and meeting meeting characters, so I, I can't speak to the combat yet. It looks it looks really good, and it's just like the, as you're describing that, and whether your kid is into it. And I can I'm thinking of my own kids even too, and it's like the, <laughs> it almost feels like um, disrespectful to like the level of detail and and just. Uh, craftsmanship on a game like this and mm -hmm. we can just thanks to the blessing of apple arcade for five bucks a month or whatever we can just toss it aside if it's not really doing doing it for us <laughs> and like it feels like i don't know some part of me is kind of sad that we're we're in this state i guess for the for the artists or the creative types because i know my kids will be like try it for like 20 minutes maybe and then they'll i don't know this i guess i shouldn't say that they might get really into it but um but yeah then they'll just like toss aside and go back to Fortnite, and it's like uh, right you you don't know what you're <laughs> you're missing or whatever but yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, where 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 is you know kind of high art uh in videos and, and we've talked a lot about how some of the games on apple arcade are these more you know artful creations that don't seem like they would have a lot of success if you just tried to sell them up front and they wouldn't be the same if you tried to do you know the the in-app purchase money grab so you know, Apple Arcade is a way to get them out there, but like you said, yeah, it's it's it is very easy to just be like, oh, I'll try this. Oh, I you know I'm not going to finish it, but it's okay. I didn't I didn't drop you know twenty dollars, sixty dollars up front and didn't like it. Right? It's just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where actually the I have there's something in me about like I can toss aside a video game no problem. I mean, if I've paid for it, I, I generally try to like play it all the way through. But like where it's mm -hmm. something on Netflix, Disney, like a, a show that I start watching, I. I'm really reluctant to stop it, even no matter how bad it is. I'm like a completionist in that sense, I guess. And right. obviously it's much more passive to just sit on the couch and not have to get up and reach the remote. Right. <laughs> There's probably an element of that to it too. But anyways. I mean, it's, it's a sunk, sunk cost fallacy, right? Like, oh, I've spent so much time watching. I just should yeah. keep watching and, and see the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, now the last, the last thing to highlight in Apple Corner is I've, I've gotten a couple of App Store stories. So this is their new, you know, kind of thing that'll pop up every once in a while to like promote some apps to you. And, and part of their their newer marketing, 
Um, but I thought the the one one I thought was interesting was this learn to code at any age. And so they kind of have some coding and code like apps grouped by, you know, uh, kind of where you are in your interest in learning in, in, to code. You know, so really graphical stuff for little kids and then starting mm-hmm. to get into actual coding for for your know, kids and students. And then like, look, you know, hey, I'm an adult and I want to learn a new you know programming language or UI framework um, level of, of stuff. So. Yeah, that's where I, I would guess the the iPad definitely would be like a a great way to approach these, right? Like the iPhone, even if, if they do actually run on. I know um, Swift Playground doesn't is only iPad, but yeah, for for sure the ones that that I've tried with my son that have the more graphical interface, like it it it's a great it's a great interface on on iPad because you're you know you're dragging around kind of little components that represent logic or or flow flow control in, in your program. Um, you wouldn't want to do that on a much smaller screen. And it, it's the ones that we've used that are browser-based um, where you're using it with a mouse, I think are a little harder, right? Until you get into, oh, I'm just typing code uh, into a text box, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have some Among Us tips. Have you, have you dipped your toes into Among Us? I mean, I played a, Among Us uh, as, a, a little bit uh, kind of last year when it was like a craze uh, with with some random people and, and also some coworkers. We played a few rounds. Um, I have not gone back to it. Um, I know uh, wasn't wasn't there like some kind of Among Us like game mode added to Fortnite, and people were kind of complaining that it was kind yeah, of ripping they, off a little bit. Yeah, they did. I forget if we talked about that already. I think we mentioned it and uh, my kids actually have tried it uh, all. No, two of them tried it anyways, I think. And it, it's definitely like, it was worth, it was fun enough to play. They did kind of move mm. on. I think it's the, one of those games that's like definitely more fun, just like the real Among Us, more fun with people you know and you're kind of right. shouting at each other and aghast at someone. You can't be that offended that some random person tried to kill you in Fortnite. <laughs> when that's kind of the goal of the game, I guess. And so, um, so yeah, they definitely enjoyed it. I think it it kind of like isn't as intense as playing actual Fortnite. So they just went back to the deathmatch mode or whatever. So, right. so yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a one of those fun ones too for like a yeah, like you said, staff event, virtual stuff. Um, whether you're a kid or an adult, it's kind of easy enough to play and and get grasp what's going on. So yeah, it, uh, moving on. Finally, do we have time for tabletop corner today? I, I think we can squeeze in some a few minutes of tabletop. T- tabletop <laughs> corner. Wow. It's we're yeah. getting to the end of the show here. <laughs> Use up all our words. Okay. Catan beer. What is going on? I, I just saw the headline. Yeah. Though. So I, I, I just saw this on, on my feed at one point uh, in the last couple weeks. So there's like a beer subscription service that if you're a member, they now have Catan branded beer and there, there'll be one flavor for each of the hex tiles in the game. So there's like a wheat beer, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think they have like an IPA for forest and, and so on. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's funny to me that, that, uh, a, a board game is sufficiently popular to get this kind of branded, uh, tie in. Right. Yeah. And not just like the monopoly game at McDonald's, but, but like, you know, more of the strategy Euro game is, is popular enough to, to get to this level. Yeah. I'm curious. We'll have to check in with Kyle over at his day job. If untapped is going to feature these in some way or whatever to <laughs> part of some sort of marketing tie-in to <laughs> get people drinking it yeah that's well, well I, I i'll have to see if he can he can get me the the hookup right yeah if i can't find it <laughs> um 
Have you been playing any uh, family games like up at the cabin? Uh, I know you mentioned screen time is back, but yeah, <laughs> no, unfortunately our kids, we left it up to our kids to remember to bring the games up. We don't have the family cabin is still like a in work in progress. And so there isn't much up there yet other than um, the only one, like I think I mentioned in the last episode is Dutch blitz. And so they, that mm. got pulled out a couple of times. Um, but, uh, but yeah, nothing we haven't, uh, no, nothing has been played lately between school and, um, yeah, video games with the cousins. Um, we haven't pulled out many board games other than Dutch Blitz if, or card games, I guess, for that matter, too. So how about you? Um, yeah, we we haven't played a ton. I, we definitely played some on, uh, on my my vacation um, the, the previous week. Um, uh, my son's been getting a little bit more into wanting to learn Race for the Galaxy. Uh, like I said, last episode, it's definitely more of a complex game. You know, so we're, we're, we're just learning and he's having fun with that. Um, and then there are several, uh, I don't know if you have any little free libraries in your area, but you know, it's like a little um, wood structure on the sidewalk and people will put books in to donate and you can just walk in and grab a book and you know put it back later if you finish it or or keep it yeah. uh but one near us uh, we we happened to be walking back from the park and happened to take a route past one of these and i saw an entire set of king of tokyo the board game uh, was sitting there so i was like oh we've we've played this once at the game store let's let's grab it and play a few rounds um so this is a a, a fun a pretty fun game kind of loosely based on like Godzilla type monster movies. Right. Um, where you're trying to win either by scoring the most points or by eliminating all of the other uh, monsters. And you, you score points by um, uh, maintaining control over the city. Uh, and of course you do damage depending, you know, brawling between the different monsters. And there's kind of a Yahtzee like strategy of uh, rolling the dice and deciding you know, to group them in different ways, whether you heal or do damage or earn points. Um, and so that's, uh, that's kind of how that, that works. It's, it's pretty fun. I think we'll, 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 uh, it was in good condition. We'll, we'll keep it around for a little while and, and maybe when we're done, pass it back to the, the little free library. And, and now that I've seen people do it, if we have a few other games that like my son has aged out of, or we're less interested in might retire them there instead of trying to sell them to the game store for a few bucks. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome that somebody would do that. Just give pass it along that way and yeah we don't mm-hmm. have i haven't seen the nothing in our area anyways there's definitely in the older areas of the city i think it tends to be for whatever yeah reason. but uh and so um yeah maybe i should start one over here and see what happens yeah and, and and that makes sense i mean our 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 neighborhood of of seattle is definitely one of the more established ones a little denser um so in fact i saw yeah. there was a new one that went up on our our usual walk to to my son's elementary school there was another little free library that there's almost too many in the neighborhood, but which is maybe a sign that there are too many books, but yeah, not a, not a good or a good problem to have is what I meant to say. Yes. Um, all right. Well, that's cool. Let's uh, wrap up this episode of 25 cents. Um, we'd love to hear from you if you have questions, comments, or I don't know if concerns is the right word, but uh, <laughs> about anything we've talked about. I mean, we do get pretty concerning sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, our episodes are getting longer. Maybe they can yeah. raise that as a concern. <laughs> we used to be shorter. <laughs> yeah, I think we used to be like 30 some minutes or whatever. It was like a quick, quick show. And then we enjoy talking too much about games so uh, whatever yeah um we are uh reachable on twitter 25c arcade of course and uh and but in the meantime thank you for listening to 25 cents or video game podcast of course i'm chris and you can find me on twitter at iChris. and you can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere else as ultra nerd that's n-u-r-d 
And you can find 25 cents wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out the Good Stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash goodstuff. You can join us in the Discord where we, the hilarity ensues beyond the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the meantime, Indeed. have a great day. It's, it's a fun community. <laughs> Adios. Bye. <laughs>